The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a very special live UFC 254 preview show right here on MMA Fighting. It all goes down tomorrow in Abu Dhabi. The wait is almost over. Habib Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje for the undisputed lightweight championship of the universe. And I am so freaking excited for this fight. I am excited for this card. And I'm excited to talk with all of you about all things UFC 254, the culmination of of this particular trip to Fight Island for the UFC, and I sure as hell am not doing this alone as we're being joined by the rest of the, uh, normally I would say the tripod, but there's four of us here. So first, let me introduce one of my colleagues, somebody who may be happier than anybody that this Fight Island trip is culminating, but the man has been working like a madman in Abu Dhabi for well over a month now, Mr. Jose Youngs. How are you, buddy? I am great. I can't wait to get back to the United States. Hopefully my car works when I land. But yeah, we got to get through. And honestly, if I have to stay an extra week to watch a beat, never going to make it off third down, Justin Gaethje, I'm not going to complain. I can't wait to get back to the United States. But bring on <laughs> Habib and Justin Gaethje, the greatest lightweight fight in UFC history. There you All go. right. And of course, we have the Prince of Positivity, the star of last night or earlier this morning's UFC 254 <laughs> weigh-in show, in my opinion. <laughs> Mr. Alex K. Candy Lee, how's it going, my friend? Are we, gosh, are we still here? Are we still, I mean, I, obviously Jose's feeling it more, but I, I really feel like I was just talking to you guys 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I can't believe it's been however many hours, been probably not that many, but uh, welcome to purgatory. Yeah, okay. Welcome to purgatory. Welcome all our viewers to purgatory. So what a, what a wonderful greeting. So uh, thanks everyone watching now and uh, who will be watching later on YouTube. And of course the producer extraordinaire, the fourth voice. The man, the myth, the legend. Now, right right now, he has the best mustache in all of MMA media. Casey Lydon, how are you, my friend? I'm not going to complain as much as AK does. Um, but 
It's going good. I got coffee. I got coffee. I got coffee. My beef is about a coffee mug, so we're good. As I forgot course. it's early morning over there. Good God. What time is it's it coffee there? Coffee hour. It is a nice early 9.30 p.m. 9.30 p.m. Oh, so, so right about now should be probably tomorrow night is going to be the last fight on the prelims. So is that, would that Well, make- here's the thing. With my luck, I might get in a car crash driving to the oh, platform. Okay, that's not no, that's, <laughs> a dark start. To that's, that. a, wow. that's a bad energy. People that's are literally come, people have literally come up to me like, "Can you take a different flight home?" <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's let's turn this thing <laughs> as positive as possible because wow. listen, we're live. We want to talk with all of you. So if you have thoughts, questions, etc., about tomorrow, leave them in the chat. We'll get to them. But first. Jose, let's talk about this main event because you mentioned it and I want to get your reasonings why. But we got Habib Namagamadov, 28-0, widely considered to be one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant fighter to ever step foot in the octagon, taking on a man that just might be crazy and intangibly gifted enough to be the one in 28-1 in Justin Gaethje. And I've asked a lot of people this question, so I'm curious to get your take as to why. But obviously the buildup to Habib versus Connor made it clearly the biggest lightweight title fight of all time. Heck, the biggest fight in UFC history, bar none. The fight played out the way most people, I guess, expected it to, especially with Connor having such a long layoff. But this one, Jose, this fight tomorrow between Habib and Gaethje, there are a lot of people, a lot of fighters who believe that Justin Gaethje will do what no man has done before. So with that being said, storylines, the greatness involved, stylistically on paper, why do you believe that this is the greatest 155-pound title fight in UFC history? Well, Habib is, well, first answer, Habib is the greatest lightweight who has ever lived in mixed martial arts. Undefeated, uh, I think this would tie him for the record for most title defenses ever. I think with Benson Henderson and BJ Penn, obviously, I think it's, I think the answer is three. So this would be the third one for Habib Nurmagomedov, if I'm not mistaken. So it would be, he won, he beat Al and then he defended it against McGregor, Poirier, obviously. And then this would tie him for third. So he's going for history there. He's undefeated 29-0. He's lost, I think, Justin Gaethje himself said he's lost one round technically on paper, but in Justin Gaethje's mind, Habib has never lost a round in the history of mixed martial arts. So for all this talk a few years ago of is Ronda Rousey the most dominant fighter in the history of MMA, I'm pretty sure the answer is to be Nurmagomedov because he's fought in these five round fights. He's fought in three round fights. He's fought in from, he, he started from the bottom, he went up and he's still not lost a round. He's not lost a round. To the to the lower uh, t- the lower tiered fighters all the way to the top of the pot top of the mountain. So uh, from he he's to call him dominant would be an understatement. Uh, you know what he's going to do, and you can't stop him. And then Justin Gaethje is I've described him as a weed whacker with chainsaws attached to it and an unlimited supply of energy because he doesn't stop. He doesn't feel pain. He enjoys blood. He also has to be a phenomenal wrestler too with, as Habib Nurmagomedov said, dynamite in his hand. I'm supposed to try and say dynamite, by the way. So yes, uh, if I have to pick one fighter who's absolutely crazy enough to beat Habib Nurmagomedov, it is Justin Gaethje. He's not, you're not going to mentally break him. You're not going to physically break him. And I can't, I don't see a lot of scenarios where Habib does what Habib does to him. Not that he won't win, but Justin Gaethje is one of those guys that he, he, his wrestling is on a level that I don't think a lot of Habib Nurmagomedov's opponents have had, and he also hits hard. And Javier Mendes has said he has the best leg kicks in the game. So we're getting a, we're getting a lot of answers of how Habib uh, can stack up against a fighter of Justin Gaethje's caliber. There's no trash talk. So yes, this is the absolute greatest fight 
in the history of the lightweight division. There's no trash talk. It is the definition of a high level mixed martial arts competition. And my body is ready. AK, we talked about this in between the links. There's a difference between biggest and greatest. Do you agree with Jose that this is the greatest lightweight title fight on paper in UFC history? I mean, if we're just talking about on paper, we had one that was essentially on paper, what, four or five times. I still think the Tony Ferguson fight at its at its peak is is the one that that would have been gone down as the greatest lightweight fight in history. With no disrespect to Justin Gaethje. And also, again, you guys know me. I'm not ruling out the Tony Ferguson fight happening someday. I'm not 100% sure that Norm Magomedov retires at 30-0. If he does, I'm not sure. I'm not certain that 30 isn't Tony Ferguson, right? We don't know if Tony Ferguson gets a win in between. But that to me is still, you know, the one that got away. That's the one I wanted to see. Um, but as far, but but again, that's something that's out of his control. So yeah, this is about as good as it gets. Uh, you know, we've had some good clashes in the past, but I'm thinking like like uh, you know, the the the, the BJ Penn Frankie Edgar fights never really materialized into anything like truly truly memorable. Uh, the first one was a little controversial. The second one was a lot more convincing for Edgar, and then the third one was just sad. So on paper, those like two of the greatest lightweights that should be up there. Not quite. Uh, the Benson Henderson Frankie Edgar fights were good, but they just—they don't quite feel like they quite live up to the magnitude of this fight. Because again, we are talking about maybe the greatest fighter of all time, definitely the greatest lightweight. I think again, as Jose said, almost indisputable, and maybe the most exciting fighter of his generation. I don't know if—I don't know if Justin Gaethje is the the most exciting fighter of all time, but if you're talking about his, his peers, yeah, he's up there. Korean Zombie, of course, be up there, and, and then you could reach back into prior days and things like that. There's a lot of names you could throw out there. So, excitement versus greatness, uh, undefeated versus a guy who is. Theoretically, his foil. Uh, there's there's just a lot to chew up on here, and uh, e- even the clash of personalities is kind of nice. You know, we like like we said, it's kind of refreshing the lack of kind of overt trash talk outside of outside of fight stuff. Like what I'm gonna, well, you know, what I'm gonna do in the fight, I'm gonna knock him out, I'm gonna take his soul. It's a little cliche. I'm sure people you know will want something more more interesting, but at the same time, at least they're just focusing on competition, nothing personal, and we know we're just gonna get the best fight on Saturday. You know, no no outside distractions, nothing, none of that to worry about. Casey, you have logged a lot of years covering the sport. So, you know, and we've seen a lot of like mystical personalities over the years, like C level Kane, bald Brian Ortega last week, and Dad Cerrone. And now we're getting wrestler Gaethje, which we know the pedigree is well established, but we haven't seen very much of it heading into Saturday because he's such a devastating striker. So, what have you made of this aspect of the fight? Because Habib does what he does, no one's been able to stop it. What makes Gaethje so different, in your opinion? Because he is, he's so freaking mentally tough. Um, he hits so dang hard. And why, why I think, I believe this is the not only the biggest. Well, I guess we're talking about money making. No, it's not the biggest money making. But I feel this is the greatest light heavyweight title fight in MMA lightweight. history. Lightweight, lightweight, sorry, light heavy, lightweight, lightweight. What did I say? Light, light heavyweight. heavyweight. Yeah. This fight is so good. It's big. Yeah, that's right. It's, that's that good. It's that good. Um, no, it's the biggest lightweight title fight in MMA history. All crossing all promotions, the uh, all, all time from the from ten thousand years ago till the future. This is the greatest one ever. Um, it's just it's just a perfect fight at a perfect time, and I just can't wait. And you know, we asking about what makes Gaethje hit so special. Is the fact that you know what we don't we don't really know. There's mystery going into this. We don't know how Gaethje will react to a fighter that his only game plan will be to take him down. 
um, that's at this level. I'm sure maybe in the early earlier in his career, he fought he's fought other guys that were trying to take him down, but not at Habib's level. So, like My- Michael Johnson, all those guys he fought before, J- James Vig, Barboza, um, who did he just beat? Cerrone, um, Ferguson. They're their main game plans, their, their their game plans aren't only to take their opponent down. So this is just extremely exciting, and man, I cannot wait for this fight. I am so hyped. Jose, I, 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 one thing about Habib fights is that he's like all the questions like surround the opponent. Like it, with this fight, like can Justin Gaethje do this? Can he do that? But a big question that that is asked but not as much as can anybody stop habib from doing what he's done to everybody else and i believe and jose you can correct me if i'm wrong or if you disagree but to me habib is like the mma version of floyd mayweather mostly due to the questions that are being asked like the intangibles of all the fighters he's faced taking the forefront as opposed to the fighter himself like even when floyd fought conor mcgregor it was you know what's floyd gonna do against a power puncher he struggles with that he struggles with southpaws how will he handle that conor's out of boxer he's a fighter how will floyd deal with that when in reality we know he's handled it all with relative ease with very minimal exceptions like do you agree with that or am i nuts um, the Mayweather one might be a little hard just because Floyd Mayweather was such a defensive mastermind and Habib is just go, 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 go the whole time. He's not, the, he, his grappling is so attack heavy to the fact that if he misses a single leg, he'll just continue to hold on and just drive you into the fence where his, he, he's unstoppable. If he gets you against the fence, you cannot stop him. So if Justin Gaethje could keep the fight in the center of the octagon, obviously it would be a different story, but, uh, the parallels there and the fact that, you know what he's going to do. But like you said, Floyd Mayweather struggles with power punches. Floyd Mayweather struggles with South boss. Floyd Mayweather, this and that, and this, like, yes, he, he may have struggled in the past, still won. And the tape is out there. So we knew he would do, we, we've seen him face Southpaws before. We've seen him face hard punches before. We've not really fa- seen Habib fight someone that has a Justin Gaethje's wrestling pedigree or background. It, it's not on the same level as Habib, but it's still there. Division one wrestling, American wrestling. It's crazy. Is an absolute lunatic when it comes to striking. To say that he creates a circle of like violence in front of him is just the most impe- compelling way to describe a fighter I've ever seen has an unstoppable gas tank. Yes, Dustin Poirier has good gas tank, Edson Barbosa, this and that, but they're not like Justin Gaethje where they can take damage and keep coming forward. Not that Habib's going to do damage like like those guys, but uh, Justin Gaethje, you won't mentally break. And then, of course, Conor McGregor doesn't have near the cardio that Justin Gaethje or any of those guys have. So I think Justin Gaethje poses a lot of issues that for all we know, Habib won't have a problem with, but we've never seen him face someone like Habib. And I think that's why this fight is so intriguing because he brings so many questions to the table. Cause for all we know, Habib wins in like a minute, just taps him out immediately. But we just don't know how Habib will fight because the blueprints and out like <clears throat> Javier Mendez himself said, uh, <clears throat> Habib's uh, head coach. He thinks Justin Gagey is the number two biggest test in, in his career behind Conor McGregor only because we've seen Habib face Conor McGregor. Javier Mendez has said, for all we know, Justin Gaethje might be a bigger issue. We just don't know because we've not faced someone like him and we've not, we haven't faced him yet. So come Saturday, we could be talking about a different story, but there's just too many questions surrounding Habib and Justin Gaethje's style to, to make any sort of comparison. All right, we'll, we'll get to our picks and then get to the questions in a moment, but I'd be remiss if we didn't at least bring up Oh, Mike, Mike, way I, in. I agree real quick. I agree. Habib is the Floyd Mayweather of MMA, by the way. He is. You're right. 
Yeah, it's not. I mean, obviously, yeah. two completely different skill sets. But the questions that are always like brought up heading into these fights, it's very similar in build up. You know and, what I mean? And I also want to add too: you watch Floyd to see if he's going to lose, not if he's going to knock the other guy out. We're not watching Habib because he's going to get a big knockout. He might get a knockout, whatever. He might finish the guy on the ground, but we're not watching Habib for that. We're watching to see when will he finally lose. So I, that's why I really think he is very much Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, that's that. That's the kind of direction I'm heading with this. But do we do we want to address the weigh-in thing, or are we past this? Because like honestly, from a fan's perspective, and thinking about it from Justin Gaethje's stance, we've seen the videos. You know, we've seen there's somewhat controversy surrounding Habib's weigh-in and whether or not he made weight. I tell, I don't think he missed by like three pounds. Maybe he missed. I don't even. I don't know. I wasn't there. I have no idea. But regardless, I don't really care. Like, can I just say that I don't care? Like, I just want to see these guys fight. I'm over it. I do care. You, you callous, you callous MMA hipsters, you outsiders. You know what? You're not the one in there who's going to be in the cage. You're not Justin Cage. You have to deal with that extra half care. pound leaning on you against the fence, smothering you on the ground. And it's like, oh, if only I, this this guy had not weighed over, uh, you know, I would, possibly weighed over a half care. pound, I'd be getting up right now. I, w- I would say I care because B makes a lot of money. And if Justin Gaethje gets some of that percentage from missing yes. weight, and if he makes weight, and right. he can win the title. You know, if Justin Gaethje can win the title, and like Habib loses, and if Habib wins, it's just whatever. Like, but if Justin Gaethje gets a percentage of Habib's fight purse for missing weight, like, yeah, then I would care. But I'm not going to say anything until Justin Gaethje says something. That's just right. my opinion. I, that and that's what I mean. Like, because I don't think Justin Gaethje, because Justin Gaethje hasn't said anything about it, and it will be addressed. It hasn't been addressed yet. I'm sure after the fight, it'll be addressed by Dana White, Gaethje, Habib, no matter who wins the fight. But like right now, just my, the, the the journalism side of me is like, yeah, I care. And for Gaethje's side, like that's a big amount of money that he's missing. But from mm-hmm. like a fight fan's perspective, I'm just I just want to see them fight at this point. Like I don't I want can, any drama. I, I don't want any I care about as much as I cared about Daniel Cormier's towel gate. Uh, I really, I was, I remember when that was a pitch. I'm like, I, and that one we knew right away. We're like, yeah, so yeah, he definitely did something. Uh, but we were just like, but I also really want to see this fight. So, uh, so I didn't yeah. care then. However, uh, I will say, oh, and we should mention, I, I, I assume everyone's aware of the controversy, but it just came from the, uh, the guy oh. handling the weigh-ins very quickly. Kinda, you want to you you watch the video real quick? Let's, let's, throw the, let's throw the clip. You know, we're live. Let's throw it up. Let's throw it up. Hey, we're live, pal. I don't know if you can slow it down, Casey, but even if you can't, we'll <laughs> break it. Because <laughs> it, it really is like if you watch the clip the first couple of times, uh, you really wouldn't notice uh, anything amiss, especially considering how the weigh-ins have been handled, not just for this card, but also the some of the other recent cards on Fight Island. Uh, they've been very abrupt. Someone will step up. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's the same guy every time, but there's definitely one guy who just oh, he, he takes like a glance at it, slams the thing over and says, take, take your pose and get up the scale. So it, it, it only with me, but there has been uh, very, very, very quick weigh ins for a lot of people uh, on Fight Island. But uh, obviously with Habib, there's a little extra level of scrutiny, especially with having to make championship weight. So, yeah, uh, we definitely talked about it. As he was weighing in, he looked like supremely relieved, like he was yes. like, oh, no. And then he was like, Whew. And here all right, go. so here's the video in the pane glass window. Oh, sorry, guys. Hold on. There we go. There he is. Habib stepping up to the scale. So this goes now, down tomorrow. UFC 250. Habib has always looked miserable when he weighs in. Yes. yes. Has never Let's not act surprised, real quick. This is well shot footage. Yeah, I don't know who yeah, did who, this. Who but, did? Uh, this is phenomenal. Maybe some sort of YouTube Emmy Award for the for videography oh, right, right. here. This well done. Cinematography that really gets me. 
There's a bee which is like, exposed. I just yeah, want to get the this towel. <laughs> you know, saying, towel, but... please. Towel. Towel of shame, please. Yeah. Need the towel. The towel I'm over this. That's me. I'm going to need the towel. He's trying to stay calm. You can tell he's getting a little agitated. Let's just get this over with. He's ready to shoot a double leg on someone if they don't bring that damn towel over. Okay. Come on, for the love of God. Let's get this towel here. All right. There he is. Okay. So for anyone watching, no, no controversy yet. Pretty normal. Uh, you'll, and you'll be – oh, we're our, there we go. Thank you. Got to move our block. Out. So the controversy Dude, is because right you can see so, the scale going up. Right. Like you can see Rewind. the scale yeah, going up. Here we go. Here right we there. go. Oh, here we go. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Okay. You can see, yep, there yeah, it is. right there. So you guys can see it tilt upwards, which normally means yeah, that's me when think, they started adjusting. Let me, let me adjusting take this frame it. off, so we get even more. Is anything being cut off? Hold on. And I and I said we were just going to touch upon this. <laughs> this has become the preview show. Yeah, now it's this, this, this is a pruder film. Here we go. Oh, he slows it down. Yep. In that lining. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there you go, guys. You see right there. And there's Back. the. And to Back the left. To the left. So, yeah, you guys, you can see right at the end of the, the left end of the scale, you guys can see it. it tilts upwards, which normally means that the weight uh, that the fighter is a little bit heavy. And then that's when they start adjusting the just the thing. But he kind of just as soon as Khabib stepped on, said it it didn't move for like a half second. He's like, well, half that's it. Second. It didn't, it didn't, <laughs> not second. even. Quarter of a second. Quarter of a second. Uh, so, but again, he wasn't the only fighter that did that. No, for, no, so, that, he, uh, that was consistent throughout the whole night. That's that was consistent. Just very, so point that out. If you'll make your own judgments, you've seen the footage. Uh, and uh, but again, I, I don't know if it's it's a big controversy. I'm sure I'm sure it's as with anything in MMA, it's something people will will talk about forever. I mean, people are still making tiramisu jokes, which is just like the saddest thing I've ever seen. But <laughs> once uh, you know, once people get a hold of something, they just never let it go. So uh, yeah, that's so that's that little controversy. Can, make of it what you will. Can I let me just say um, everyone's focusing? Though, oh, Justin's not going to care. You know what? So what? He weighs 156 pounds, whatever. It is not about the literal weight. That is not the issue right here for Justin Gaethje. It may, it may, it may be the money is an issue. You know, I'm sure that he wants the extra money. That's fine. The real issue is for Justin Gaethje, and this is why he does care. He may not, he may not say that loud, but they do care. Is that that is the he, that means Habib did not put the effort into it, and and that means that's less effort. That's more preparation he has for the actual fight. That is sure. the key. If if sure. if Habib like, imagine he, Habib's half pound over he's already struggling hey hit that hit that treadmill again that's another thirty minutes that's another just like wear and tear on Habib's body so when he shows up tomorrow that's a bigger advantage for Gaethje and that is that is what the that is what the issue is it's not the actual a pound of whatever you know it's the effort to put the weight in to make the yeah. weight and so and it's that, what is, that, and that is very it's what that important takes out of you. that is very yeah. important and so um. Yeah, so, uh, but like, but I can't figure out why Justin Gaethje's people aren't at the scale, making sure he's making weight properly. Maybe, I have no clue why. Maybe they don't care because, like, where it's all it's all speculation right now. Because right. like, this, this, this is across the sport, across, across the sport. I'm get, just this yeah, fight. It, I've been just yeah. this fight for sure. Well, and that's but, the thing, Casey. Right, right, right. I, but I the think, conversation right now is this is why Justin Gaethje does care. I don't. Yeah. None of us know. I that's think true. none of us. Because I, I think this is another another example of sort of that that warrior mentality in MMA, where it's like I don't need to inspect my opponent's weight. You know, I took care of my business. He should take care of his business. I, I trust it. You know, if he misses, and obviously I'm just going to take the take the thing. If they say he made it, he made it. Uh, but I, I again, we see this in a lot of aspects of MMA, not just this. It's 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 the warrior culture. Right. It's like, I'm, still, not, I'm not. I've, I'm not I've, here I've to never yeah. met a wrestler in the sport 
say, I don't care if my opponent makes weight. I've never heard of a wrestler right, say but, that. When that, right, when like, but I'm not going to think, I'm not going to pretend to know what Justin Gaethje and his team are thinking. Like yeah. he might care, he might not care, but I'm not going to try and say he, this is, he absolutely cares until he says it himself. I right. am going to pretend. Head to my Twitter. I will be doing, I'll be starting a tweet thread of, of my, of me reading Justin Gaethje's mind and projecting his thoughts and telling you exactly what Justin uh, Justin Gaethje is thinking. So subscribe. If, subscribe. If, if the post fight, if the post fight scrum, Justin Gaethje says this and that, and he misweighed and I care and like, he's then not, we like, have a story. He, but if he, he comes he, out and there's says, there's no I, way he'll say it after the fight. There's just no you. way. It's just, you know, we know that's not how it works, man. You know that Anthony Johnson did it. Anthony Johnson said he didn't care. And then as soon as the fight was over, he went to the commission and, and objected he's to, to the towel gate. Yeah. And he's, he's a wrestler. Nobody's yeah. Gaethje. Yeah. He's not well, again, this is all speculation. None of right. us know. Like, Listen, I'm not going to pretend to know what Justin Gaethje's thinking. I am. I've read his mind. Exactly. And then, then that's the thing. When I say, like, I don't care, it's not that, like, there isn't flaws in the sport and things need to be changed. It's that we – no one said anything. No one has said a word about it. And until they do, it is it is what it is. Like, we don't we know nothing. So we'll wait and hear from, you know, the important people in this conversation, Habib, Gaethje, Dana White whatever and then we we could talk about it there but they are gonna fight tomorrow the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba DraftKings brings you same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more don't miss out as the nba postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And of course, we want 
to get your picks in viewership land. I'm sure there's a plethora of 29 and O's and 28 and ones in the comments. So if you have some context, you have a reason why we'd love to hear it, but Jose, we will begin with you. How does this thing play out tomorrow night? Do you see 29 and O or do you see 28 and one? This is a tougher, this is a tougher pick than I think. I think the, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna mess around and pick Justin Gaethje to be weird. That's what I'm gonna do because I picked decided right now. I think the the Habib is clearly the betting favorite and he will most likely win. But I'm gonna be different and pick the guy from Arizona that I've seen since his first pro fight, pretty much. So uh, Justin Gaethje, I'll say wins, but I say that with zero confidence because my brain is fried after five weeks here on Fight Island. Uh, my, I think Habib is very clearly the greatest fighter on planet earth right now, but I'm just going to mess around and pick Justin Gaethje because I'm going to see them live. So I'll let you guys uh, break down the actual fight. All right. AK, what's your pick? We've been talking about how uh, Habib Nurmagomedov has never faced a wrestler with Justin Gaethje's credentials, which is true. I, I, I was actually surprised when I realized that Gaethje is the first Division One All-American that uh, that Habib has ever faced. I think the most decorated before that, you would say, if, on paper, you would say uh, Abel, Abel Trujillo, who was, a, I think, four-time NAIA All-American. But there's levels to these things. A lot of these wrestlers will always say, and certainly Division One is, is considered you know, a cut above everything else. So... He is the most qualified. However, the opposite is also true. I don't think Justin Gaethje, and I think we, when you, uh, you guys brought this up earlier, Justin Gaethje hasn't faced a wrestler as as qualified as uh, Habib either. Okay, I mean he's been taken down in fights uh, and not held down. Uh, the guys who beat him, Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier, both used takedowns to kind of mix things up, kind of throw off his rhythm. I don't think it was their intention to actually wrestle and beat him, but they used it to break up his rhythm, and it worked, and it was very effective. And both guys ended up knocking him out, so it was perfect. Uh, we know Habib uh, is not going to follow a similar, similar strategy to those guys. He shouldn't. He has a very different skill set, and his wrestling is superior to theirs. So I, I think as as good as uh, Gaethje's takedown defense is, it, it, it cannot last for 25 minutes. Now, during that 25 minutes, uh, or I should say maybe the early 10, 12 minutes, when he's when he's sort of at full strength and kind of uh, maybe shrugging off some takedowns, can he land a knockout shot? Of course. He's friggin' Justin Gaethje. He's, he's insanely dangerous. But uh, for me, I think it's just Nurmagomedov maybe, you know, doesn't dominate uh, early on. Maybe, maybe has some difficulty holding Gaethje down, but over a period of time breaks him down. Um, you know, he often gets compared to GSP, I think, because of, you know, how GSP was during his championship run. A lot of takedowns, a lot of top control. And I think I think Nemagodov can do the same thing. That's it, it really he really reminds us so much of prime GSP in the way he's able to neutralize his opponent's uh, tools. And I think he'll do the same to Gate G. So I don't I'm not predicting a finish. I see a lot of people saying that there's no, that they, they'd be surprised if this went to uh, to a decision. Uh, I, I'm not surprised. At all. I'm, I'm thinking five round. Unanimous decision for uh, Habib. He improves to twenty nine and zero against a very, a very game uh, Justin Gaethje. But uh, I think Habib's just on another level right now. I look at this like almost almost opposite of you, AK. Just because like I think if this thing gets to the fourth and fifth rounds, that's when I think things get really interesting because there's weathering a storm. And then there's like weathering a tornado where you're just like trapped in this rotating column of air and debris that you just cannot escape no matter how hard you try. And that's what Habib does. But at the same time, when that tornado dies down and the sun comes out, will Justin Gaethje go outside and clean up the mess or will he just be so overwhelmed by that tornado? I, I tend to lean towards the latter should it get that far, but will it be too little too late? That's the question. And my other question is, will he even get that far? I say 
Unfortunately for Gagey fans, he will not get that far. We, he, will he have success? I think he will. But eventually, Habib is going to get his arms on Gagey. And when he does, you go for a ride. And I'm leaning towards Habib to get a finish in this fight in the oh. third round. But I will say this. I will preface this before you go to the betting windows. This is my gut telling me this. I think he gets a submission. Doubtful is like a tap out because Gagey is such a savage. So he'll probably just go to sleep. But listen, for me... It's always to be the man. You have to beat the man. And until somebody actually does it, I just cannot pick against Habib. Casey, what is your pick before we go to the questions? I have no clue. (laughs) (laughs) I got no freaking clue, man. I love this fight so much. And mostly because we are going to see something tomorrow night, tomorrow morning, whatever, um, that we've never seen before. For, For either guy to win, they will have to do something to their opponent that's never been never been done by any other person. For Gaethje to win, he will have to obviously beat Habib. He will have to hit him hard enough with his hands and knock him out. For Gaethje to lose, he will have to be held down. He, yeah, Gaethje's got beat up on the, on the feet before and everything. We've seen him get knocked out, but we've never seen him lose the way that Habib will need to beat would need to game plan to beat him. So um, that's why it's just so freaking exciting. Like I, I was listening to you guys, and sometimes you're like, "Oh, you know, I think Gaethje's gonna I me. Mean, um, Habib's finally gonna get his arms around him, clasp his hands, take him down, and get a you no know, TKO finish late in the fight or something." But like, I'm like, "Oh yeah," but I'm like, man, but Gaethje's cardio is so unreal, and like he's got so much heart, and I, can't, I just can't see him giving up, and he'll still try to get up, and like I just so, and then by I don't in my head, I can't see. Habib just taking a shot and just boom, just being out cold on the ground. I just don't see that either. It just it, my mind doesn't work. That it's just I can't envision it. So it's just just so freaking exciting. And um, I, I I literally have no prediction for this fight. I just think I don't even know if it's gonna be a good fight. I don't know if it's gonna be one way traffic. Actually, I, I I'm hoping it's a competitive, awesome fight. But the problem with Habib, I think I mentioned this on the weigh-ins. Like unless I could be wrong, but like has Habib ever been in like an actual? back and forth fight like a fight he's never, in all his fights he's never had a fight of the night so he's like so this is gonna be really interesting like we've never seen it in an actual competitive fight so even if that happens that's that's an amazing accomplishment for Gaethje but man I'm just excited and I think the the biggest the biggest x factor in the fight that will be the deciding uh factor that if if Gaethje will win I think it will be late kicks I think if, yeah. if I think if 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 Gaethje can land a couple hard leg kicks, you only got to land one to be honest. But like especially in those tie ups on the cage that Habib's going to be on, if he can land a hard leg kick on on uh, Habib, that could change everything. Yeah, that's why I think like four and five could be interesting because Habib will Habib will probably be a little, you know he's got good cardio, but he's probably going to get a little tired if if Gaethje can can stay in there. If those legs are the worn out. Those rounds. legs are beat up, man. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and then Gaethje can start to open up a little bit. So it's such an interesting fight. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm just going with my gut. Of course, the main card: Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. That's a pick 'em fight at the betting window. Love that matchup. A lot of implications there. We got Volkov versus Walt Harris, heavyweight bout. The debuts of Phil Haas and Jacob Malkoon at <laughs> yeah. 185 pounds. We got Lord Murphy versus Lilia Shakarova. And then kicking off the main card, Magomed Ankalaya versus Iwan Kutala. <laughs> Keep those fingers crossed. I feel good about it. I feel like it's going to happen. But we talk so much about the main event. Let's just go right to the questions and see what everybody else is, right. is thinking and talking about here. Yeah. Let me head back in time a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, really hoping for that Megamed and Kalayev, Yan, Iwan Kutalaba fight to come. Otherwise, we could see the UFC debut 
of Izzy Fatikafu. Fatik- some people who didn't watch the Wayans have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, people so- who watch the Wayans, it's like he wasn't, it's like, honestly, I- I'm assuming they'll actually give him a, hopefully give him a flight to someone in the future, but there was an alternate uh, for anyone who didn't watch. There was an al- a- another alternate. There was Michael Chandler, of course, went as an alternate. Sergey Morozov, who was supposed to fight in the card, but he lost his opponent. And then this guy wanders in out of nowhere, uh, this light heavyweight who is uh, Izzy, Izzy Petikafu, who's apparently right. going to be an alternate for this 205-pound bout. But it was it was quite a moment. It was quite a moment uh, this morning. I've never been more confused during a weigh-in in my I entire was life. <laughs> I was panicking. I was like, what is happening right now? People don't understand how much research we do for these things. <laughs> and when, when, when something just truly comes out of left field, it is just disturbing. All right. All right. Naeem Anthony asks, can Habib knock Gaethje out? On the feet? I mean, yeah. I mean, if, could if Rassing, he, I, can he can he win by knockout? I think we've all we've all envisioned a scenario where maybe he gets Gaethje down, uh, maybe gets back control, and then you know flattens him like like ground and pound TKO, like a one shot knockout. No, that would be ridiculous. Here's my answer. Here's my answer. No, <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, it's a fight. Anything can happen, but I would say that's doubtful. Can we can we can we just put out there what's our most unlikely possible finish to this fight? Draw, wow. no contest. <laughs> That's almost undesirable, maybe. Uh, no, then it may. may I mean, like, 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 what, like, what's like in the rain? Like, would would a would a Habib knockout standing be even crazier than Gaethje arm barring? I think Gaethje's get a submission is more, the most illogical. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Gaethje winning a five round decision using wrestling and ground control is the most unlikely. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I yeah, will say the last time. Yeah. Who knows? I remember uh, Mighty Mouse Benavidez too. Uh, you know, the, obviously the common logic was Benavidez the one with the punching power. Uh, Demetrius Johnson's the more skilled fighter. Maybe you know he'll win a decision, and then uh, and then uh, Mighty Mouse clocked him uh, first round KO and like a legitimate like one punch knockout. That's probably the most shot. That that is what it would look like to me if uh, if Nurmagomedov caught Gaethje with something like a flying knee. He has, or a, good ja- yeah. he has a very good jab. Javier Mendez taught him a pretty he's, great jab. He's a good striker, but and we're talking about a guy who's not shown. Justin Gaethje like, is obviously the better striker, but I just yeah. think Habib is so unorthodox, and his jab is very high level. Plus the chin. Uh, because he, no, uses, he, he uses... Yeah, he uses his jab to set up his takedowns. Like he snaps your neck back, and then all of a sudden you're on your... Mm-hmm. He snaps your head back, and all of a sudden you're getting dumped on your head. So uh, I don't know if Justin Gaethje's head will snap back because his he's a psychopath and just walks through pain. Uh, but yeah, who knows? Oh, wait, wait, right, real, got- real quick, real quick, we have, we have a uh, prediction right here. Gaethje by submission. Keep those I crystals close. Which answering, crystal does he need, our Jessica? question, not a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> submission? <laughs> Jessica, Jessica, outside of her love of crystals, she is a fairly rational human being as far as I, as far as I know. So I do not think that's her prediction. But. All right. We got Bam Chronicles says, the more exciting fight is Cannonier versus Whitaker. Leading up to the fight, what are the tendencies you've seen from Whitaker in his preparation and mentality for the fight? So this is obviously, and I agree, I think like looking at it from a betting perspective, looking at it from kind of an ins and outs perspective, Perspective, this probably is the more competitive fight, but who knows? We still have to see them go after it tomorrow. But, you know, I'm curious because on Between the Links, we talked about this fight like ad nauseum. This became like a big shouting match between Jed <laughs> Mishu and Aaron Bronsetter. They had a heated debate for a couple of reasons. Like, for example, like Jed believed 
the big storyline is Robert Whitaker and has he completely shaken off and bounced back from the loss to Israel Adesanya? Will a win get him a title shot? And Aaron believed, Aaron Bronsetter believed that the emphasis is on Jared Cannonier. Is he the dark horse of this division like Adesanya says he is? So let me ask you, AK, who is right in your opinion? Do you think this is more about Whitaker's story? Has he bounced back from that Adesanya loss? Or is this about Cannonier being the next challenger? Which take was Jed's again? <laughs> Jed's, <laughs> Jed's was, Jed's was, uh, this is a Whitaker tale. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I hate to agree with Jed, but I, I do think a lot of it is uh, – well, no, I shouldn't say that because I think – look, I think Whitaker answered a lot of questions already. I, I don't know if people are getting – like, you know, he fought. He fought uh, – you know, he beat Darren Till. It's a really, really solid technical fight. So we've shown that there's some evidence of what he's been saying that he really was just like very, very badly burnt out uh, during his title uh, his title run. Um, uh, even after – I should say even after the, the Edison fight, he was talking about how, uh, you know, ahead of the uh, the, the first time the Kennedy fight was booked, just the mental strain – that competing at the highest level was putting on him. Uh, so, and then, and then, you know, he says he, he, he did all, you know, he did a lot of, a lot of work to, 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 uh, you know, change that side of things for himself. And he did look really, I think a lot like just kind of an overused term, but like kind of sort of a vintage Whitaker when he fought till, because when, when he fought, when he fought, uh, Izzy, I think a lot of people said, man, that was very uncharacteristic of him. The way he fought, he was so aggressive. Why is he being so aggressive, overly aggressive? And I think it went beyond a strategic choice. I think there was that, that mental aspect of his game that was just missing. And not to make excuses. Cause I think, I think, uh, again, I think Izzy's a champ and maybe would have beaten him anyway, but there's reason to believe that he didn't fight his best in that day. Uh, he looked great against till. I do think we need to continue the story of uh, Whitaker. I do think people aren't talking about it enough uh, because even uh, even Izzy, you know, in his last press conference was, yeah, well, I think Cannoneers could be the next challenger. And and that's reasonable given that he already beat uh, Whitaker. But it also felt like people – it, it kind of led to people to overlook him a little bit. I still think Whitaker is the best middleweight not named uh, Israel Adesanya. So uh, I, I hope people are not uh, not forgetting this this coming event and, and what this means – what this can mean for Whitaker's career if he picks up another win. Yeah, it's a huge fight, very competitive, and Whitaker's just the way he's been approaching these last two fights just seems like a very free individual. It just seems free of stress. I mean, obviously there's stress heading into a fight, but he seems just in a much better place. Jose, you know, what if, if you were in the room, you were during you were there during the media day with Whitaker. What did you see from him that stuck out to you? Yeah, he just doesn't care about anything except for himself, which is not a bad thing. Like he is solely focused on what he can control. Like we asked him about what Cannonier can do, Israel Adesanya, possibly rematching Israel Adesanya, like fighting December, fighting the, for an interim title. And his answer is always like, I don't care. I'm just focusing on myself. I don't care. I'll do whatever. I don't care. The only thing I care about is my family and not fighting until after Christmas. That's literally all he cares about right now. Like it, uh, Casey's interviewed him enough times and I've interviewed him enough times in person where like Casey described it best on the A side. He described Robert Whitaker. He used to be the middleweight Robbie Lawler, where he just didn't want to talk to anyone. He just wanted to show up, fight, and go, which is very accurate uh, from my experience with him. Uh, and so, very recently, I think he's just more mentally free. He's, I think, he's found fallen back in love with fighting and training and all that stuff. But to say that that's the big narrative coming into this is I disagree with it. That's what Jed said, right? He said Robert. This story is all about Robert Whitaker. I disagree completely, considering the fact that the champion of the division is already talking about Jared Cannonier. Like, yes, Robert Whitaker coming back after his loss to Israel Adesanya is great, but we saw it. He's already one and oh after that fight. Jared Cannonier hasn't fought in more than a year. And Israel Adesanya has been saying Jared Cannonier's name as the dark horse for that entire time. So uh to say that the the big narrative is can Robert Whitaker 
bounce back after his TKO or knockout loss to Israel Adesanya. Already bounced back. He's one and zero. Very great performance. Very technical performance against Darren Till in a five round main event, no less. Now he has three rounds against Jared Cannonier, someone who has put who many consider to be the greatest middleweight away, and then just tore through Jack Hermanson and David Branch, and is already being considered the dark horse. Uh, and Israel Adesanya is already talking about him making Naruto memes and all that. So the big storyline is can Jared Cannonier deliver of what Israel Adesanya has already predicted. All right. And, and let me bounce this one back to you, Jose, because the other question they debated was what is the better case scenario for everybody involved? A Whitaker win, which Aaron thought was was better for business since the rematch with Izzy, in his opinion, is bigger. Maybe a stadium show in their neck of the woods when fans can return. Maybe it forces Adesanya's hand to move up to 205 to maybe set up a future fight with John Jones or Jan Bohovic. Or Jed thinks the best case scenario is that Kanner goes in there and I believe this is exact his exact words beats the brakes out of uh, off of Robert Whitaker to set up a compelling yet fresh title fight in 185 pounds. So what do you think is like the best case result tomorrow? I think it depends on how you look at it. And I think Daniel Cormier said it best. Jared, when we, when we interviewed him like weeks ago, uh, Jared Cannonier winning is best for the division because at the end of the day of a champion that wants to stay in his division and just knock off contender after contender is great. I don't think Israel Adesanya is at that point where he can just, he's cleaned out the division yet. And now saw he's rematching everyone. If he rematches Robert Whitaker, cool. I mean, I like that fight in general, but if Robert Whitaker wins and Darren till wins, I would imagine they would, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Darren till just jumps the queue. And fights Israel Adesanya, which is the bigger fight of the three. I think Darren Silver's Israel Adesanya is just the bigger selling fight in general, considering their personalities and 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 how they portray themselves. And we've seen how Robert Whitaker wins. So, best for business, I would say Robert Whitaker wins, not because of Whitaker getting the rematch, but because I think they would try and sneak Darren Till in there. Uh, but best for the division, Jared Cannonier, because that would cement a guaranteed number one contender. In a, in a in an opponent that Israel Adesanya has already earmarked as the dark horse. So anytime it like any, like we've we've talked about this before. It kind of it, like Max Holloway was refreshing in the fact that he would just keep fighting contender after contender after contender, and it just didn't feel like years ago that was the norm. Like you see Anderson Silva fighting just whoever's next, I'll fight. GSP same thing. And now you see a lot of champions want these super fights, bouncing around, talking trash, this and that. Izzy's like I'll fight. Jared because he's the man and I think he needs one win and I'll fight him. So like that is refreshing. So best for the division, Jared Cannon here, best for business, probably Robert Whitaker, but not in the sense that most people are talking about the rematch, but because they could probably a Darren Till gets the title shot or B it makes John Izzy move up to light heavyweight for a big super fight champ versus champ or the John Jones fight. What do you think, AK? You have, you have a look. I can't tell whether you're in agreement or you're ready to fire off a hot take that we've never quite heard before. No, no. The last point I think that Jose made was the most important one because uh, I do think Whitaker win is best for business because I think that it'll have uh, the UFC taking a serious look at uh, at options outside the middleweight division. Um, Darren Till for sure could 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 jump the WQ. Darren Till is fighting. Who's Darren Till fighting next? Help Jack Romanson. Jack Romanson. Shoot. But that's not a guaranteed Five win either. Event, baby. And, and here's the thing. That's, that's not a guaranteed win either. But Small you're right. cage, too. Tiny sure. cage. Uh, an impressive performance against uh, an impressive performance against a Hermanson. Obviously, yes, he could jump the line. But I do think uh, more so it would it would push the uh, turn the wheels a little bit more in the direction of the, the John Jones super fight. 
it's a fight that I've said I don't expect to happen anytime soon. But again, I've been very wrong about these things before. Uh, and again, we've seen how quickly these things can shake up. We were talking on the weigh-in show today about how the, the flyweight, uh, you know, women's flyweight contender picture just completely could, turned upside down uh, in the last, or could turn upside down uh, in the last two weeks with Jessica Andrade, now the number one contender on UFC.com's official rankings. Uh, Shakarova tomorrow could beat Lauren Murphy and and uh, and jump out. She could become the number two or, or top five contender. So these things can, can change so quickly. So while I don't think that the John Jones uh, additional fight happens within the next like six months. I honestly don't know. Like we said, that Whitaker, I don't think they're eager to book that rematch. So if he just, if he has a convincing win over Kenanier, that's really going to make things a little bit more complicated for the matchmakers. But at the same time, for the fans, I think create a lot more intrigue uh, than a Kenanier win would, because that's going to give us a great matchup. Don't get me wrong, Kenanier uh, additional. But for anyone kind of holding out hopes that, that that Jones fight, you know, could happen soon, you, you want to see, you want to see Whitaker win and, and, uh, and make the matchmakers think a little bit. It's a good fight. Really good fight. Really good co-main event. First uh, three-round fight for Robert Whitaker since UFC 197. That was a long time ago. Jeez. Four year, over, well over four years. So thank you for the question, Bam Chronicles. What else we got? Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Sorry, it's 254. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. lost the truck. lost the truck. Okay, I'm here. Chuck is back. He's back. Uh, Quick quick one word answer from this question. Well, we'll, I'll be judge of that. Who does KG fight next once he wins? Wow. Noel Bishop, so confident. Habib. Habib. If he wins, it's a rematch. All right. Yeah. It's hard to argue that. I mean, the winner of Poirier McGregor at 170. Yes. And no. Again, again, this is all sub- speculative. Yeah. <laughs> no, Poirier and McGregor will There's fight no at one seventy, and then guesses. we'll treat that as a we'll treat that as a lightweight eliminator, lightweight contender it's eliminator. A, I think he'll probably rematch. Habib's the biggest star in the lightweight division, not in Conor McGregor. Yeah, I think you're right. I I, I do think that's the that's the best option. Uh, I, I I'll, again, I'll throw out the McGregor Poirier thing as another option, but. I would. I think if Khabib asks for a rematch, he gets his rematch. Yeah. If it's mm-hmm. Casey shaking his head, you're going. What are you thinking? You guys act like. Remember, why did why did Connor fight Donna Cerrone? What did Dana White say? To book the rematch with Khabib. For to set title. that up, he'll get a title shot. If Gaethje wins that Poir- that that Connor Poirier two contract, rip it up. Never happened. Damn. Gaethje Connor. That's, I mean, it's just so hard to because it's about making money. It's about (laughs) making money. And then they can make enough. They're going to make money. If if Connor, if Connor wins, if Gaethje wins, then Habib faces the next, he'll probably face either Connor as champ or Gaethje as champ. Wow. I mean, both, both are viable options. I, I tend to lean more unless like unless Gaethje just absolutely annihilates Habib, like just 
massacres him. Which is how I he just wins. Don't see a world where he doesn't get the rematch. How else does he win? I think <laughs> Habib is without a doubt the biggest star on this part of the world. And if he gets and and if he if Justin Gaethje beats him, he is probably the third biggest star in the lightweight division after Habib and Connor. So you're basically talking about does the one fight the three or does three fight the two? Does the two fight the one? I think if Justin Gaethje wins, I will bet an entire paycheck that is the it is the rematch. And none of this tear the contract. I don't care if there's a contract or not. If there's no contract to tear up, I don't care. The rematch is going to happen if Justin Gaethje wins. That is the fight. You shake your head all you want because if Justin <laughs> Gaethje wins, he is a rock star. If Justin Gaethje wins, he is a rock star. That is a Masvidal Askren performance that catapults him into the stratosphere. And now all of a sudden he's a money fight. So talk about making money. Justin Gaethje becomes a money making fighter. He's a guy you can slide in against anyone and make money. Connor can go fight the the Southpaw and Dustin Poirier and prepare for the Manny Pacquiao fight. Like he's claiming if Justin Gaethje wins, I will bet an entire paycheck. They rematch. All right. Well, let's 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 flip it over. Wins if Justin Gaethje wins and they don't book the rematch, I will drink an entire package of Soylent just for Casey. No, I I I like the paycheck thing. Please uh, like and subscribe and uh, follow follow (laughs) my fighting on Twitter. We will pick one lucky winner to get Jose's paycheck. If if, uh, if they book (laughs) anything else, if they book anything else, I don't know what Casey's gonna have to do because he's gonna be wrong anyway. So I'll let him pick because guess, it's going to be bad. The, you know, I guess the UFC doesn't like making money all of a sudden. Yeah, they don't, dude. They don't. Not anymore. Okay. All right. Well, so so Casey, if if Habib yes, wins, are we are we doing the Conor rematch? Are we still ripping up the contract? Because no, no, no. Making, no, no right? if, if Habib wins, uh, they'll they'll they will try to make the GSP fight, obviously, at whatever way. Yeah, hundred um, percent. That that's that's the fight. I mean, I, I think we are. We, yeah, we know what. If Habib wins, there's only one fight they truly want. If the GSP fight can't be made, the weight can't be agreed upon, the money's not right, then probably um, somehow they'll get Ferguson in there somehow. Maybe off a loss, who knows? You know, what about maybe, like, I, I, I could see I could see Ferguson get fighting Habib next too, even off the Gaethje loss, claiming you know I agree he had the fight already. You know, there's the storylines there still. He took he took he fought Justin on short notice. It was a pandemic fight. You know, things were crazy. So uh, I think I think the fans would accept it. So uh, yeah. Any chance, because I know we talked about this on Between the Links, it was like the final question about what this surprise could be for Habib if he wins this fight, because they promised him something big. GSP obviously is up there. Connor rematch is up there. But a lot of people were like, what about Usman? What about him going up to 170 and fighting for the 170 pound title? Is that is that even an option or no? I think it's an option. No. I think it's a, I think it's a third <laughs> option. If, if, if Habib really wants to, yeah. to leave the sport with two belts, that's an option. That's it's um it's, it's, it's an awesome option too. The no, look on Jose's face. Good the surprise Lord. is going to be a surprise to even Habib. It's it's going to be they're going to break out uh, Gleison Tebow for the for the rematch. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the man who's all who in the minds of many has already <laughs> defeated Habib Nurmagomedov. That that fight. Oh my gosh, oh. people still bring it up. Uh, but oh, dude, what's that receiver the, doing these days? Because I'd the rather see that fight. fight. <laughs> supposedly the closest call that uh, uh habib has ever had in the in the and it actually was a very competitive fight but i have i don't no... know i don't know michael johnson he hurt he hurt habib oh my gosh yeah <laughs> he the first round him. he had him on skates <laughs> he hurt him 
Uh, yes, yeah, so the surprise will be Gleason Tebow uh, getting resigned. I think he's not with the UFC anymore. <laughs> am, I, am I correct? Probably. Oh, there's zero. I think there's a zero percent chance <laughs> Habib moves up. This is the. I don't know about that. I like. I. I, I think zero. The champ, I don't think it's their number one option. Zero. But if there's no GSP thing, zero percent chance. Zero Habib percent. is very adamant. I've, will you bet another pay, two well, paychecks? Well, you see. You should probably watch the post of the pre-fight press conference on MMAfighting.com's YouTube channel, shot by yours truly. He only cares about one thing, and that's uh, retiring lightweight champion. Doesn't want to talk about welterweight. That's what he says now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> when is Habib going back on his word? People change their minds, my friend. I think Habib's the one fighter that money's not going to mean anything. Yeah. I think the challenge. I think he'd be talked into it. I think the challenge of fighting an Usman would be. I disagree. I think they're just two. They're also very good friends. They manage. It's why. It's why. Well, so does Gaethje. So that I don't think the management thing is. Usman's not helping Gaethje with Whitman, hmm. like because Usman hopped over to Trevor Whitman's team to prepare for Burns, and Gaethje helped him. I do not believe, from what I've heard, Usman has had part taken any part in Justin Gaethje's camp solely because of his respect for Habib. All right. Fair enough. I mean, maybe there's that honor in martial arts where he'd be like, you know what? Let's just do it one last time. But who knows? We'll see what happens. Place I'll speculate. Yeah. <laughs> we this all is a one word it. answer that went five minutes. So <laughs> we got, we got, we got, any, yeah, we got anything else? Move on. Uh, yeah. Hold on one moment. Man, I need a separate chat just for questions. I'm just I know. So so, I wish, right? I wish there was a way. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the chat as well. Hold on. So. I'm it. Okay. Oh. Uh, you know what? Let's just answer. Actually, this is this is actually a, a good question. It's simple to answer, but it's a good question. <laughs> ah, it's a great question. Yeah. What time will the fight begin? All right, so, local time. What time will it be local time, Jose? Normal, right? The entire fight card in general. Uh, early prelims. Just break it down. Card. Early prelims, prelims, and Saturday uh, early prelims, six thirty p.m. Abu Dhabi. Uh, well, 6.30 p.m. early prelims live UFC Arabia. 8 p.m. UFC 254 prelims live on UFC Arabia. 10 p.m. local time UFC 254 card live on UFC Arabia. 2 a.m. local time. Because let's not forget, I believe this is a six-fight card, main card. Concludes 254 local time. 2 a.m. Uh, and then 2.30, 254 post-fight press availability. But let's not forget, we could just get a ton of knockouts and all of a sudden we're on the main card at like nine o'clock, which I would love. Uh, those of us on the East coast, they won't move up. They won't move up the main card. It starts at, it starts at the same time. East coast. We are getting some sweet, sweet early Saturday uh, MMA 10 AM. Oh no. 11 AM start time, early prelims. And then uh, 12 PM Saturday, uh, the next set of four fight, four preliminary fights, and then yeah, six fight main card at four, two, two. I shouldn't have answered this question. <laughs> good, job, <laughs> good job, Alex. I nailed it. Good I job. It. Good job, Candy. Right. Good job, Candy. Eleven, twelve, two. PM. Alex is such a jabroni. <laughs> and they're all good. Who's uh, the next West lightweight Coast? contender? Charles Oliveira. Oh wait, wait, West Coast, Casey. Oh, start time. No, wait, wait, oh, West, the next oh, West Coast. Um, Michael Chandler. First fight, uh, I think seven thirty or eight a.m. Is it seven? Is it? Yeah, because there's only two. There's only two fights in the first wave, so I think we're at the the top. So it'll be eight. Yeah, probably. eight a.m. Eight a.m. West Coast time. Yeah, eight a.m. And I think the main the main car starts at uh, eleven a.m. Is that correct? Yep. 
All right. I love it. I'm so. Oh, this I'm is so exciting. Happy. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have dinner on a Saturday night. <laughs> the next lightweight <laughs> contender. Must be nice. I hope Charles Oliveira gets a shot someday because he's done everything uh, he has to get one. But he's certainly not next in line, unfortunately. That's not how the UFC works. Uh, it'll be Tony Ferguson after he beats Michael Chandler uh, before the end of this year, and then finally we finally get Habib. After they coach the Ultimate Fighter. Oh God, no! Oh, I love the Ultimate Fighter, but please do not waste these guys' time with the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, oh, okay. And then don't waste, don't see, waste my I time, Michael Chandler. I want to see Michael Chandler talk for hours about nothing, and I want to see Tony Ferguson do oh. crazy workouts. Abu Dhabi, Jose is salty. Yeah, only slightly saltier than you. Hey, 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 hey! I think I think maybe maybe a little low in sugar. Why don't you have a bite of your chocolate fist? Oh yeah, take a gander <laughs> at this, fist. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, chocolate fist, courtesy of the Crown Plaza Hotel. Even the plate Oscar has done. Oscar has dubbed exhausted Jose as Jose Noir, and I approve this message. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I, 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 I'm, I've been a proponent of that Ferguson and Khabib has to happen someday, will still happen, and I think it's with uh, Ferguson and, and Chandler fighting and one of those guys. I, I would guess Ferguson, but obviously possibly Chandler, but I would say Ferguson, Habib for, uh, for a 30-0 and a UFC undisputed lightweight championship. I have to see that for five rounds, though. I have to. We won't, but I would love to because they'll oh, probably throw. Oh, Ferguson and Chandler? Because that's a pay per view fight. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Let's just make it five rounds. We can, UFC, you. You, can ha- you can have five round uh, non title, non main events. You can do it. You can do whatever you want. Just pay them that money. Just pay them. Pay them. Straight pay cash, homie. Compensate. So do, do, yes. we, do, we, do we answer this? Or is just, it just I, not, not Charles Oliveira? It will yeah, be Tony at some point. So you, so you think Tony coming Straight off the cash, loss homie. will get the? No, I think he fights Michael Chandler and, oh. and beats Michael Chandler, and then we get, we get uh, Habib Ferguson finally. Man, you're a Michael Chandler hater. I think he's great. I just think I, I love Michael to, Chandler. Losing to Tony Ferguson, there is no shame in that. Many have. Let me hear something. Many have, and there's no shame in it at all. AK, what's your what's your under the radar fight on this card? Obviously, uh, Phil Hawes and uh, Jacob. No, I, I say that only because it's. I, I was very surprised to see that on the main card. It's two guys making their UFC debut, uh, and, and and both guys have talent. It's just a little bit of an odd choice for the main card. Uh, I, I don't mean to steal your thunder here, Mike, but I think we'll be in agreement. It's got to be the Nathaniel Wood, Casey Kenny, 140 pound cast weight bout, right? I mean, this Arizona's own. Kenny was so dominant in his last performance. Wood is such a talented guy. We haven't got to see him fight in a while. And the stars just aligned, right, with Kenny wanting to fight again really soon after his last win because he really didn't take much damage. It was a very lopsided decision to win. And Wood, uh, being on the opposite side of it, hadn't fought in so long. He's just kind of itching to get in there with anyone. So people, they, you know what? The, people, calls were made. Contracts were sent out. They worked it out. And we're getting a nice Again, 140-pound cash weight belt, so both guys not having to drain themselves down down to 135, especially Kenny on short notice. Uh, and both guys, again, look, someone's going to take a loss here, but both guys, regardless of what happens, I think it's going to be a really competitive fight, and we will still be talking about these guys as potential top-ten contenders uh, this time next year, no matter no matter who comes out with the victory. Jose, I know you're not a fight selector for this particular question, but uh, you're a fighter guy, so you know what fighter sticks out to you that's flying under the radar here? Lilia... Shakarova, 
100%. Only because I left Media Day and I thought she was by far the most interesting fighter on a low key level because she, like, no one had, knew anything about her to the point where some media member held the door open and didn't. I, I don't remember. I don't know this media person's name and was like, oh, who's next? And she's like, me. I'm next. <laughs> like, they didn't even know she was the fighter. Um, and she, so she speaks, she, she's Russian. She's Uzbek. Well, she speaks Russian. She's Uzbek. She's from Uzbekistan. She's the first female fighter from Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan. Is, is absolutely. Is absolutely excited. Uh, that Habib Nurmagomedov is on the top of the card. She's fighting on because apparently Habib and his team are, are major players in pushing the growth of MMA in Uzbekistan. So she was very excited for that, but she was telling these crazy stories of like how she got in some combat sports where she was a wrestler in Uzbekistan and she went to a wrestling meet, I think maybe trials for the Olympics or world championships or something. I'm not quite sure. And she was so good that the other team was like, just trying to pick at her. And like just trying to poke her buttons to try and get a rise out of her. And they did such a good job that she tried to fight the entire team. And it was like a <laughs> hundred versus one or something crazy like that. And she's like, and we were like, how did you do? And she's like, I held my own. And I was like, damn. <laughs> like, so I left more intrigued by her than any other fighter on the card. So not to say that she will win against Lauren Murphy, who uh, I think is obviously one of the best female fighters in the world. Not to say that Lily Lilia isn't cause we just don't know. Uh, because she's so new to the game. Also, a uh, little bit of a tense stare down. Uh, if you guys remember, Lauren Murphy gave her the finger. Uh, Lilia kind of tried to psych her out with her flag, and it didn't work out. But uh, So I'm very excited to watch Lilia fight just because she has such an interesting backstory that I think she could be one of these these fighters that kind of grows a cult following uh, moving forward. But I will say I'm absolutely excited for Casey Kenny and Nathaniel Wood. Casey Kenny kind of, uh, for a long time in Arizona, Justin Gagey was the man in the the local MMA scene. Cause like coming from Safford, Arizona, fighting World Series of Fighting, all these local shows. Henry Cejudo, I don't think fought enough in the local scene. Plus he was already a big name to begin with. But when Justin Gagey made like the jump in World Series of Fighting and then the UFC, Casey Kenny kind of took the mantle from him as like the Arizona guy, like the next big guy from Arizona. And it was only a matter of time before he signed to Bellator or the UFC. So uh, I think those two names definitely I'm, – I'm super excited to watch fight. Yeah, I actually – like if it's not Kenny Wood – like super under the radar is the Murphy Shakarova fight because 100%. there's, I mean, to, between Shakarova and her story, the media day, go back and watch it because it's just so interesting. But Lauren Murphy, just the fact that she took this fight against a newcomer on like a week's notice, flying across the world when she could have just said, no, I'm going to wait and fight Cynthia Calvillo for a <laughs> shot at the title. Like that is gutsy. That is risky. She said, she apparently, apparently she, said, she said yes to three different opponents too. So she's just wanted to fight. She's down to clown. So I, I think that and I think that's interesting. Fight. And now with Jessica Andrade getting the win over Caitlin Chukagan, that makes things even more interesting at 125. So Lauren Murphy's, I think right now outside of Shevchenko, has the longest winning streak in the division right now. So she's, I mean, she's right you there knocking correct. on the door. So there you go. I mean, that that's a, that's a good fight. And then if we're looking for just like weird and wild, there's no way Stefan Struve versus Tai Tuivasa isn't like just all sorts of wacky. Hopefully, we're hoping Number for weirdness. Corn beef fan in the land tied to his awesome <laughs> corn beef. <laughs> We're definitely hoping for the good kind of weirdness. I think for several of these matchups, I would say uh, Stefan Struve tied to Ivasa. I think Dowden Jung and uh, Sam Alvey. Hopefully, the potential for weirdness there and not not kind of a dull fight. And then, of course, 
uh, Megaman and Goliath, Iwan Kutalaba. One, we hope these two just get in the cage, and uh, first of all, that this fight stays together, and two, that they get a finish because let's not forget this all started eight months ago with with a bizarre fight where I think Kutalaba got like you know hit and was. Tr- I don't know. If, I, I do think he was faking. He was kind of he, faking. Being it was rope a dope sans rope. Sure. But he almost like was stoppage. such a bad it's a, stoppage. It was an atrocious stoppage. The referee, amid, <laughs> one of the seeing, seeing how dazed Kutalaba was, jumped jumped in like, "Whoa, no way! There's no way this guy can continue." And then Kutalaba, of course, was immediately like, "No, what are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? I am. I'm fine. I'm. I'm rope. Like I'm just kind of exaggerating." So Kutalaba, uh, like, he I mean, actually had like little prop birdies and put them around his head just to fool everyone. And the ref was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> just let everyone know how cartoonish it was. Yeah. yeah. And then the ref was like, "I don't like the looks of those birds. Those birds <laughs> those are flying. Are, those, those birds are cool around his head." Uh, yeah. So uh, very one of the strangest stoppages, and now one of the strangest rematches because again, it's been booked three times, unfortunately, and uh, three times can't, uh, postponed for COVID nineteen related reasons. So. And now, and now we hear uh, reportedly that one of uh, Kutalaba's cornermen uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen. Yep. So we're hoping the fighter That's himself. That's the rumor. Yes, yeah, so we're hoping the fighter himself hasn't been infected. So uh, that fight, once it gets in there, could be the weirdest fight of the night. And we love, love, love weird fights around here. And shout out to our, all of our friends watching from Uzbekistan right now, because I know we had somebody who chimed in. Hey, so there you go. And also, I'm very excited for the UFC debut of top top prospect Miranda Maverick. That's a great fight. I think That's a really good fight. Good. I think she's super good. I think she's 23. I've seen her fight a couple of times in person for Invicta, and I was like, ooh, this woman's going to be a, a, a beast. As she was uh, jurors, but uh, yeah, she's awesome. During, on Monday, when everyone goes, because all the fighters that get out of quarantine go to the beach, and I think all the journos too, uh, we saw like Walt Harris, Jared Cannonier, like Eric Anders, Benson Henderson, Casey Kenny, a lot of the fighters hanging out. Random out, which is off doing her own thing, like just kind of hanging out with her uh, husband, boyfriend. I'm not quite sure, but a very nice woman, and I cannot wait to see her throw down. Very intelligent, and, uh, and she's getting her PhD and kicking ass. Gosh, there you go. Uh, only Take twenty, only twenty three years old. She already has wins over uh, Deanna Bennett, really good veteran. Uh, Pearl Gonzalez, Strap. of course, we all know her from UFC run. Uh, she won. I, I, don't, I don't know. Did she win the? She did. She won the uh, uh, Phoenix Series tournament. I think that was the the win over Bennett. Did that. So she's got a lot under about twenty three years old. And like you said, going for PhD, very accomplished. And it's just just making me really feel sad about my own life right now. But um, she's she's a college teacher's assistant too. So she's like man. doing what Zoom. Like she's she's preparing for fights and teaching Zoom classes what for keener. college students. That's. Casey, when you were queuing up the debut thing, I thought you were going to mention Phil Haas. Um, I, I do want to say, <laughs> I actually do want to say, I, I am a little, bit, uh, a little bit. I didn't, I didn't see that comment before you took it down, but I am a little bit. Uh, I think people, if, if the name sounds familiar, if you're like, have I heard of Phil Haas before? It's like you probably have heard of Phil Haas before because he has been billed as a. I, 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 he trained with John Jones. I don't remember if people, people were saying he was a John Jones level prospect, but he did have that. He did. He, he was. John um, Jones. He was in his camp. For a couple of fights, he didn't make it into the tough twenty-three house. He lost to Andrew Sanchez, who's now in the UFC. Uh, he's he didn't make it in his first contender series appearance. Uh, he lost to Julian Marquez, who is now in the UFC. Um, he also has a loss to Luis Taylor, who's a PFL champion. And he fought for Bellator. He fought for World Series of Fighting. He's fought for Brave uh, Brave Combat Federation. So this guy has has been around. He's had experience, uh, and it just for me. I, I've joked around with these guys all the time. I I just I I I, I wish they. I, I was at a point where I was like, I wish they would stop trying to make Phil Haas happen. But sure enough, he uh, had a great performance, uh, first round knockout on Contender Series earlier, uh, just a few months ago, and got himself a contract. So 
he's only 31 years old and does not have a lot of fight mileage on him. This will just be his 11th pro fight. He is a very legitimate prospect still. So it's very cool, actually, for anyone who's kind of tracked this guy's career to finally see him actually get an official UFC fight. Indeed. I think, um, listen, we could talk about UFC 254 for another five hours. There's so many storylines. But listen, do we do we have one more question? We'll do one more one question because Jose's, Jose's got to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> where, yes. Where, where Let the man rest. Well, I just... I just I'll sleep when I'm I dead. saw this question. I just I was just confused because I'm just trying to figure out who, who who's the cool guy. No. What? It's obvious. Jose is the cool guy? Uh, sorry, bro. Jeez. Low key. All right. Come, uh, comes with the he, comes with the nose ring. Must have been the, ro- can, must have been the rocket power talk yesterday on the We can't the go out on this show. We can't go out on this talk. <laughs> there has to be there has to be a better All right, one last question. Do, 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 Thank do, do, you, do. the the Le Barbier. Oh. I like this question. It's a simple question. Yes or no? That's usually, that's usually not a good sign. Will Habib bleed? Flubber from another mother. Will he bleed his own blood? Yes. 100%. I'll say yes. I don't think it'll be like devastating, but I don't. it's hard to like, you know how we always say like it's hard to imagine uh, Habib like not getting at least one takedown. I think it's very hard to believe Justin Gaethje doesn't cause some sort of physical damage to his opponent. Even if it's a nick or a cut, I don't see Habib leaving this without some sort of blood on him. Yeah, he'll bleed. The Russian is cut. The Russian is cut. You will hear that call. <laughs> Habib you will hear that call. without a doubt. He is a man. He's not yeah. a machine. Yeah, he's not a, exactly. <laughs> I, th- I think uh, the, it might even be a leg kick. Who knows? Maybe, maybe get, get a little leg blood. You guys know what I'm talking be, about? Better, leg. better question. If Habib wins, will he make the post presser? Or is it straight to the hospital if he even if he wins? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be yeah. there. Yeah. No matter what? He'll be there. I don't say no matter what. I think so. well, yeah. I'd, I'd say like, very, very who, likely. Everyone that's beaten – the, the people that have beaten Gaethje have taken, have taken a beating to beat Gaethje. So, yeah, that's like a car crash. That's, so you you got to put that airbag okay. to otherwise. I will give you – Tony Ferguson didn't do uh, the post fight and all that stuff but because he got beat up bad in this title fight. But outside of that – this is the first pay-per-view Justin Gaethje's headlined, and he's headlined a lot of fight nights. In case you and I have been to enough fight nights to know that usually the main event winner doesn't normally speak to the media, especially after a knockout. Main event loser. Uh, so, and just, yeah, loser. The loser doesn't normally speak to the media after suffering a knockout loss. So uh, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't remember if Michael Chandler. Uh, Chandler? Uh, once came to the presser or. Uh, well, Justin Gaethje went to the presser after losing to uh, uh, Poirier. We yeah. were all we were both there. We were surprised. I was like, "Whoa!" England, he said, so. and, and, and I think yeah. and, and Dustin looked more beat up than Gaethje did. Honestly, Dustin sat down. <laughs> Dustin sat in a chair, <laughs> and Poirier and, and Gaethje was walking around. Yeah, and I don't think we've seen a lot of the uh, the main event losers doing doing post fight scrums after these you know COVID nineteen cards anyway. So yeah, so I'm just uh, so yeah. but well, will Khabib bleed? Yes. yes. Very likely. Yeah, yes. I, I just want to remind everyone that we still have how many hours now until this card? Actually, what time it is? Okay, so we have 10 hours, 10, 11 hours. My math is so bad. You're 10 hours. Very bad. Very yeah. bad. Way more. Nine hours. 16 hours? <laughs> we have some time <laughs> still. hours in Canada? No. <laughs> uh, we use we use uh, we actually call them TikToks, which is which is confusing. We have like TikTok yeah, we have like eighteen hours. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Oh, thank you, Waximus. Appreciate it. I've, the cool oh, the cool yeah. one's uh, gonna go pick his kid up at school in a few minutes. So talk that's about awesome. living the highlight. But uh, keep on. There's a lot of time still. 
Like, so hopefully we get this up fast while all of our predictions and everything we said is still relevant. Because like we said, three people weighed in as replacements, including Michael Chandler. I'm a very optimistic person. I think everything's going to go fine. I think, you know, everything's going to go off without a hitch. But a lot, as our own Jose Youngs always says, until people step into the cage, the fight is not official. And again, that stands for Keith Lava and Goliath, possibly Casey Kane and Nathaniel Wood. We don't know. Like I said, they had a replacement for that fight. But who knows? Uh, maybe we do. An, maybe you'll catch us in a couple hours as we do an emergency show if uh, Michael Chandler has to step in. <laughs> no. I'm just saying, I don't think it will happen. Everything is going to go fine. Everyone's going to step into the cage that weighed in this morning. All right. Last question. One word answer because we didn't actually answer this. Okay. In there. Whitaker. 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 Ooh. Whitaker unanimous decision. Crystals suck. I said, whoa, hey, hey, one word answer, zero. Candy. Oh, sorry. I said Whitaker. You know me by now. I weigh experience in these types of fights. That's when true. it's a pick I always weigh in. The, the biggest factor to me fair. is big fight experience. So, no, but Candy can, can, can absolutely beat Mark Whitaker, though. Casey, but that's don't, it. Don't mute my microphone. Don't mute my microphone, Casey. Oh. Topical. Topical. <laughs> Are we signing off? We are signing off. Jose, go to sleep. You deserve it, my man. I appreciate you doing this. Enjoy, you enjoy your fist cake. Enjoy Borat. Shout out. Hold on. On a, well, and I, on a serious note, much love to Ken Hathaway of MMA Junkie. We didn't talk about on the A side or any of the other streams. He just lost his girlfriend. Um, there's a GoFundMe out there. He is, without a doubt, one of the best people in mixed martial arts media. Like we all like he. I, if anyone has anything bad to say about Kenny, they're fist. wrong. Kenny is at, Kenny is the man, and he's going through probably the worst thing anyone could go through right now, especially in the middle of the pandemic. So, if you know Kenny or have experience with him, send him positive vibes. He just lost his girlfriend. Go find the GoFundMe. I know he's technically on the other side with MA Junkie, but we're all here. We're all friends, especially everyone is friends with Kenny. Casey knows him probably better than anyone. So shout out to Kenny. We love you, man. Yeah. Well if, you just Google, if you just Google Ken Hathaway, GoFundMe, it's the first thing that yeah. pops up. So uh, you can't miss it. It's right there. And uh, yeah, pitch in. We love you, Kenny. You're the man. And uh, obviously our, our condolences go out to you and mm -hmm. just just a rough story. But um, Kenny will probably be watching UFC 254 tomorrow night, all things considered, because it's uh, that's just who he is. He's a very positive guy. Mm -hmm. and going through a lot. So appreciate you saying that, Jose. And we're out of here, all right? Preview show is done. We appreciate you guys joining us for a very special edition. This is not going to happen all the time, but we figured for a card of this magnitude, we got to do it. We have to do it. So for Alex K. Lee, Casey Lydon, Jose Youngs, get some sleep, my man. I am Mike Heck. We'll see you tomorrow morning. <sighs> Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.